Welcome back to Millennial Mental Health. I'm Stephanie Contrahera, licensed professional counselor, and today I have with me Christy. Christy, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, yeah, thanks for having me, Stephanie. My name is Christy Pennison. I'm a licensed professional counselor as well, located in Alexandria, Louisiana, and I have a practice called Be Inspired Counseling and Consulting, where we are just passionate about inspiring hope through uh, for change through counseling and consulting to help individuals move forward and live fully in their lives. Well, thank you so much for taking time to be here today. I know you have a very busy schedule. Um, today, we're going to be talking about fear of failure and diving a little bit more into that and how it impacts different people. So just to get us started, I'll start with the first question. What do you think creates the sense of fear of failure in millennials or in other generations um, that you see in your practice or in general in your life? Yeah, well, I think fear of failure is something that at some point in time, all of us have experienced to some degree. You know, there are those outliers that um, (laughs) are super big risk takers and like, you know, they see a cliff and just feel like that is definitely what I should jump off of. But I think for the majority of us, there is sometimes this sense of fear regarding failing. We don't want to fail. We don't want to mess up, mess up. And I see this a lot with the individuals I work with a lot because there is sometimes this, this fear of messing up or failing or looking bad or not something not going well that keeps them from really truly living their life. And I think this comes from, or it can come from a few places. I think about the generation that, that we're in um, and millennials specifically That was the generation where they started to have these initiatives like no child left behind. Right. Or like, let's give participation trophies to everybody, regardless of if they were the one. Do you remember this? (laughs) Yes, I do. I do remember Um, getting like a medal for nothing. (laughs) Medal for nothing. And although I think this came from a good place. Right. Like, I think. There were well-meeting individuals that was like this, this, we want no child to feel like they're unseen or unheard. I think what happened was, is it created this expectation that, you know, that maybe we shouldn't try things and fail. Like maybe it's not okay to fail or not to be the one that doesn't get the first place trophy. Right. And so I think when we look at fear of failure, we need to look at a few things. We need to look at like, What were some things and experiences you had in your childhood? You know, did you have like a parent that made you feel like you had to be perfect all the time? And again, well-meaning parents, like they just wanted their child to succeed. But did they make it seem like if you made a 93 instead of 100, that that was bad, you know, or that it should have been an 100. Right. Um, And so then, you you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the fear of failure has almost come out of this idea of like, you have to be successful. Um, you have yes. to be extraordinary. You ha- you are like everything that you, y- your parents want you to be or society wants you to be. And so there's like this expectation that you feel like you always have to live up to. And so the fear of failure, I think, just comes along with those expectations that have been set. Exactly. And so I do think that's where a lot of it comes from is these it's it's all about expectations. Like and so if we are expected to never fail 
or we have the expectation of ourselves that failure is a bad thing. It's not actually a stepping stone to learning. It's not a discovery thing. It's not a part a natural part of the journey. Then we start to fear that failure. And I think it comes in a lot of ways, not just with like work or like homework assignments and being successful in those, but almost in relationships too. Like people get this fear of being like rejected and see rejection as like a failure or they're afraid to try out for a team. And so they sit on the sidelines rather than going for it because again, they're afraid that they'll fail before they even get a chance to start. They've already like set in their mind that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, and, and like you said, it, and it starts to show up in every facet of our life. So although we're using that, these things as an example, like, yeah, it shows up in your relationships. Maybe you don't want to get close to somebody because you're afraid of that rejection. And then you feel like that if that person, if that relationship doesn't work out, then it's a reflection of you as an individual when it could be about a hundred different things, right? Maybe it wasn't a good fit. Maybe it wasn't meant to be, maybe it was a bad timing. But we sometimes what we start to do is we internalize things in our life when they go south as who we are. But I want to make sure that people know that a failure is not equal to who you are as a person. I totally agree. And like recognizing, like you said, there's so many factors in this internalization that we do just kind of creates this very narrow way of seeing problems and seeing different situations. But if we were to open ourselves up to like, oh, there's probably a variety of factors that have led to this situation. It wasn't some sort of like deep flaw within myself that has caused this situation to develop. I think we would all be a lot less burdened. Absolutely. But it, but we all have to get comfortable with our fears and, and, and become aware of what, what drives them. And that's often the first step in finding ways forward through this. I agree. If you were, you know, in a room with a client, how would you recommend or what would, what would be the first few steps that you think you'd try to target with them to help them move through this fear of failure? Yeah. Well, I think, I think the step number one is really figuring out where this fear comes from. Like, so we have to really get aware of, what what drives the fear? I once heard this story and it's some proverb and I'm not going to probably give credit to its due. But um, there was this grandfather and he was talking to his son about the story of these two wolves. Right. And he said, there's this one wolf over over here. That's like our inner fear and security are our doubts, are things that hold us back. And then there's another wolf that's on the other side of our shoulder that's the hope and optimism and and just the ability to believe that things are possible. And the little boy and, and, and the grandfather said, these wolves are always at a battle, right? They're in a battle with one another. And the little boy said, well, grandfather, which one of these wolves wins? And the grandfather just looked at the boy and said, it's the one that you feed, right? The one that you feed becomes the stronger one and ultimately will win out. And so when we're looking at how do we start to confront the fears in our lives, specifically the fear of failure, we have to really get clear on trying to figure out when did this when did this fear start? Right. So at what point in my life did I start to feel fear of failure? Because 
we don't come into this life with a lot of things that we're afraid of. We, we have experiences that lead to fears, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about a kid trying to learn how to walk. Like, how many times does that kid fall? And he keeps on getting up again, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I've never just keeps seen going. Like I mean, a little kid. Yeah, they just get back up. They fall again. They're like, they may cry. They may like fail at learning to take that step forward, but they get back up and they keep doing it until they reach the end result to walk like everybody else. Right. And so I think we have to evaluate our life and try to figure out back to the story of the wolf. Like what is, what is feeding this wolf of fear? Like what is feeding this thing in my life and where did it, where did it come from? Because then when you understand where it comes from, then that can help you shift your perspective a little bit about this thing that you are afraid of. Yeah, I also like to really um, hone in with clients this idea that like failure doesn't really exist. Like failure is an absolute um, and like absolutes in general, like don't exist in the world. So to label yourself as a, a failure or to label anything really as a failure isn't really factual. That's more of a subjective way of looking at it. And I also come from a very like dialectical way of thinking about things when it comes to working with my clients. And I also like to promote this idea of like, yes, that may have not worked out. And like, you can continue to try, see different ways to approach it and like keep pushing if this is something that you really want in your life, or maybe you make the choice that it's not something that you want in your life and you go a different direction and try to promote that. Like those two can exist at the same time. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yes. And statement like, so yes, this maybe did not go the way that you had planned, you know, but, but, and this is what some other alternative ways to look at it. And that, and that's really what we got to get to. We got to get to like trying to find a different way to reframe the things that we would constitute as failure. And I loved how you said failure is an absolute and that oftentimes things aren't absolute. So you have to find a way through the gray. Right. And and I think I think about myself just personally. I mean, and you probably could attest to this, too. Like there are so many times when I thought this situation that didn't work out that most would deem to have been a failure on, on my part or whatever, or a failure of something that I was trying, it ended up being one of the best things that I could have ever asked for because I learned something in it. And by learning that something that I needed to learn, it set me up for the next better thing. But I had to go through that failure to learn that skill or that thing or that whatever that led me to be able to be prepared for the better thing that was a little bit down the road. Yeah, I feel like I have a little story here that I'm just gonna share. Like how I became a therapist is a lot out of failure to be quite honest. Like I got to college and I was like, I'm gonna go to med school. Like every other like bio major that entered into college. And then I was like, I'm gonna be a physical therapist. And like that didn't work out. And then finally I'd gone to a career counselor and I was like, I have no idea what I'm gonna do. I keep like messing up and I can't like, get the grades to, to make it work. And I'm such a failure. And then he's like, there's so many things that you can do just because these two things like didn't work out. Doesn't mean that there isn't endless possibilities and you can't change your mind at any time. And so, you know, I took one of those, uh, Myers-Briggs tests to 
guide me a little bit to figure out what I maybe am naturally good at. And therapists just happened to be one of them. And I was like, oh, wow, I've been to therapy before. I thought it was super helpful. Like, maybe that's what I should do. And then it kind of like led me down this path. And, you know, before I got to that career counselor, it was really devastating. Like, I struggled a lot with this idea that I've like failed myself, I failed my parents, all these things. But I feel like I have now you know, fairly successful at being a therapist and, you know, have a whole practice. And just because one thing seemed like a failure, it led to this other like very fruitful um, life journey that, that I'm currently on and hope to continue to be on. Absolutely. And I would, that I would attest to that. That pretty much happened almost similar experience in my life, you know, but I think when you hit a wall, you can define it as a failure or you can define it as a stepping stone. And I once heard somebody say, and I really love this, they said, you know, the things that happen to us in life are really at a neutral point, right? It's how we assign meaning to that thing that defines how we are able to move forward. And so, like you said, at that point in your life, you could have just continued to have that thought of like, okay, I, I, I'm a failure because I'm failing at this. Right. But just because you're failing at something or something is not something that comes naturally to you or whatever, doesn't mean you're a failure. It could just mean you're in the wrong place <laughs> or that you need exactly. a pivot or you're in the wrong relationship. You know, like just because something's not working doesn't mean that you're a failure. So I loved you sharing that story because I think that happens to so many of us. And we have to kind of learn how to reframe frame what we consider failure. Um, as actually possibly opportunities in our life that will guide us to where we need to be. Um, it's just kind of trusting the journey and, and not looking at a situation. But think about it. That drove you to such a point where you're like, I have to go ask for help. And that asking for help gave you op opportunities to look at things in a different light that then led you to now having an amazing counseling practice and impacting tons of lives that you would that people would have missed out on had you not went through that struggle. No, for sure. I totally think that I was like led here, um, you know, by a higher power and that this is my like, you know, greater purpose. And maybe I wouldn't have been happy doing those other things, thing, other things, or maybe I would have been, but I definitely feel like the impact that I was looking for in those other careers is being fulfilled um by this career so i i almost think it's like the best quote unquote failure i ever could have made in my in my entire life so i i think hopefully that story inspires people to to just not give up and no time is wasted i think i spent a lot of time also feeling like gosh i've wasted so much of my time in college like focusing on these goals and uh, it's come to nothing and then you know lo and behold it did come to something and that I just needed to shift my perspective in order to see that. And it was a very like pivotal point, I think, in my life, um, just like recognizing and, and flipping the script there for myself. Yeah. When I, speaking of flipping the script, I think we can flip the script on failure. <laughs> like, and we've been talking about this a little bit, but like, I think almost celebrating our failures, right? We celebrate our successes, <laughs> but if we can find a way that sounds so counterculture, like celebrate a failure, but hey, failure means that you at least tried, right? So mm -hmm. you can't have failure unless you try. So we can, if we look at it that way, 
then we have to give ourselves credit for the doing. If a relationship didn't work out, at least I opened up myself to the possibility of a relationship. I tried. If this career didn't work out, you know, at least I tried. And so acknowledging the effort that you put in to get to that point. And like you said, there's no I, I also believe too, like no time is wasted, even though sometimes the waiting can be the worst. Like we'll like normalize mm -hmm. that forever. Waiting or having to take 10 steps back or what seems like 10 steps back can be super frustrating and overwhelming at times. But trust in the journey that is going that that you'll learn to ask better questions to figure out to get where you really need to be. That's all very worthwhile and meaningful, and it has a place in our life, and and it's part of the journey. Yeah, I feel like if you really want something for your life, and maybe it's not necessarily a very clear picture, but you just know you want to to you know inspire people or help people or I don't know change the environment or whatever. You can do that in like so many ways. And just because one way doesn't work out doesn't mean that another way won't. And yeah, I think flipping the script or changing the idea that like failure really is just a, a way to learn. And it's showing us maybe what, showing us something that maybe we didn't see, or maybe we wouldn't have seen unless we um, quote unquote failed. I don't even really like that word to be quite honest. <laughs> uh, I had a therapist. I had a therapist one point tell me like, we need to create like a swear jar for the words like failure or should or could or all of these like expectations <laughs> and words that really aren't serving us. And so part of me is still in my brain, I'm like, oh, failure is like a swear word. We need to put that somewhere else. But I, I think, you know, it's just a very common word that people say to themselves. And I think maybe switching out failure for lesson learned or I tried and it didn't work out, but that doesn't mean that I can't try again. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so many times I think we equate again, our actions, our experiences with who we are. And although our experiences do shape who we are, it isn't the whole story of, of who we are as individuals. And so I think that's another way to start to start confronting this is the more you find out who you are, then the less you have to be af to be afraid of. And and especially when it comes to trying new things, because at the heart, you know, I'm this, uh, this is who I am. And as long as I'm being true to that, then I can't really fail at anything. <laughs> I totally agree. I oftentimes say I have a lot of like uh, 20 somethings in my practice and they find themselves in this position of like not knowing what choice to make. And so because they're afraid of failing, because they get into this like choice paralysis because every choice could lead to something not working out. And I oftentimes tell them that like making choices and like trying things out is part of the journey. Like I think I went through like five different majors in college. Like that just shows you like how many times I attempted to figure something out. And even outside of school and academic life, like you know, I've been in a lot of different friendships and a lot of different relationships and some of some of them have lasted and some of them haven't. And, you know, I think it's all about trial and error and moving towards thinking that all of this is a part of a journey and not necessarily like, do you have to have it all together like right away? Or even mm -hmm. is that even a thing having it all together? Okay, but, well, let's um, ask you, 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 you see a lot of people and I do too. Have you ever met anybody in your career that has all, has it all together. <laughs> no. 
I don't think so. And even if they have it like quote unquote together, they don't have it all together. There's always exactly something that someone needs to work on. Well, look, and we're talking about even as therapists, like, do you have it all together all the time? I know I don't. <laughs> no. Yeah. There's definitely times where I like fall and scrape my knee and that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. Well, and I think if we start to normalize some of this stuff, and like you said, put some of these words in the swear jar, <laughs> like failure in the swear jar and normalize that the art of being human is the art of figuring things out and living and, and living life, you know, and I think mm -hmm. sometimes it is. I mean, I can remember growing up and thinking that adults had it all together. And so then when I got to adulting, I felt like I had to have it all together. <laughs> but the more I've become mm -hmm. an adult, the more I've realized, wait, like nobody has it together. And I think that was really, really relieving for me, like that people are figuring this out. They're figuring their lives out. They don't they don't know everything. They don't have it all together. Like we all go through different challenges in our life. And sometimes we go through really awesome periods where are amazing and fulfilling, but it it's not all the time. And so we have to start looking at like, maybe also as adults, we have to start normalizing that it's okay to not be okay sometimes. And it's okay to not have it all together. And I think that maybe will help shift the expectations that young adults have going into adulthood that, it's okay that you figure this out and it's okay. If you don't know what choice you're going to make, just pick one. You'll figure out whether it's the right one as you get a little bit further down the road. Yeah, exactly. I think there was this quote that I heard in grad school from one of my friends, like to err is to be human. I think it's like by Alexander Pope or something. I don't know that like quote really hit me and was like, wow, like I think this is the first time that I feel like I've had permission to like mess up and to just like fail. Like I, I think we all need to give ourselves more permission to do that. And if we all reflect back and like look at, you know, years behind us and be like, has there ever been a situation that truly hasn't worked out at all and that you could not come back from? Like most likely not for most people. Like you usually have figured out a way to to move forward and that life is constantly moving forward. And just because you maybe had a hiccup or you know, you fell and scraped your knee doesn't mean that you can't get back up and keep moving. Absolutely. And I think even if you study people that in your mind is like, think about who your mentor is or who you idolize or somebody that you really see as somebody that you feel like is super successful. If you really delve into their story, like if you really find out about how they got to where they're at, I can assure you with a hundred percent that every single one of them had massive what people would consider the the failure, right? Or they would have massive setbacks or there were things that didn't work out right. But part of learning how to move forward in the journey is learning how to not let that one setback define you. And I heard this recently and I wish I knew who said it because I want to give them credit, but um, I think it was actually um, Jamie Lima said this. Sometimes our setbacks are actually set setups. So when we have setbacks in life, that's actually a setup sometimes for something even better. And if we can kind of look at that and also, like you said, stop waiting for permission. I think when we're growing up, we just always are looking for permission from adults like to do things like, can I have permission to go here? Think about it. Even when you're in high school, you had to like, it asked your parent permission to go to this party or go to the store. I mean, depending on, you know, what kind of how loosely they gave you free reign right over your life. But mm -hmm. at some point you had to ask permission for something. And so when you become yeah. an adult, 
it's kind of reminding yourself that you don't have to wait for permission to do things like try it. And if it doesn't work, you can always change the path and course correct. Like, and I think that is really often gives people permission to take risks, to, to try new things that, that you can always come back from something and change the direction that you're going. If you don't like where it's headed. Yeah. Right. And I don't know, this even takes me back to starting my own practice. And I don't know if you can uh, relate to this, Christy, but there was so much fear going into this idea of like working for myself. And I think anyone who starts a business or anyone who tries a project like just by themselves and doesn't really have a, a team necessarily to help them get through it. And they're just kind of doing it on their own. Like that's scary. You're putting yourself out there. You're, you're trying something that you've never done before. Um, and I don't know, I think those things can end up being the most rewarding things in your life. So I don't know, I would encourage everyone to to take that leap and to, to try something that they have never not done before, just to see how it goes. And I don't know, put themselves in a situation where they can be successful. Yes. Well, and you know, the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that if I'm doing something that scares me, I'm in the right place. <laughs> and I really love the quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. And she says, do one thing every day that scares you. And I think the more we get comfortable with discomfort and the more we make friends with things like fear and scariness, like then it helps us realize that a lot of the times our worst case scenarios that we make out in our head are actually very unlikely. It doesn't mean that they have some degree of likeliness of happening, but it, it's very unlikely. And so I think the more we make friends with the things that scare us, the more we can prove to ourselves like how much we can actually overcome and how far we can push ourselves. And I agree, starting a practice is like one of the scariest things that I ever did. But I think there comes a point where you have to ask yourself like, Am I going to am I going to regret or fear like or am I going to regret not doing this or in, in at least trying to see if this is a possibility like 10 years down the road? And I think if you can't live with the fact that this may be something that later on you're going to regret not doing, then you should do it no matter how much it scares you. I think I want to ask you, because I have some ideas what you might say, but I want to ask you, what do you think is on the other <laughs> side of fear, of fear of failure? Like once you've really worked on that um, as a client or even as like yourself in your own life, like what do you think is on the other side of uh, fear of failure? Amazingness. No, <laughs> I really think when you can learn to cut the rope of fear, like I kind of feel like um, I have these weird analogies that come to my head sometimes, but I imagine like this person that has balloons in one hand, kind of like the up video, you know what I mean? The cartoon. So they have mm -hmm. balloons in one hand, right? And then they have this weight or along their ankle that's like tons of weight and poundage, right? Like that's just keeping them on the ground when they can actually float really high up in the sky and see this awesome opportunities and possibilities that await them. I think the fear is like that weight. And we have to find a way to be able to cut, cut that tie, right? Like cut, take that off, that weight off of our ankle. So we really can rise to the, see all the possibilities. And I think whenever you get to the other side of fear, you realize that on the other side of fear is possibilities. 
is this great expanse of not only coming into who you are, so actualizing your full potential the, for the unique person that you are. Like you have a lot of gifts and strengths that the world needs. Like, I feel like we're so different and I so value the people that are completely different from me, but I want them to become who they are, not who I am. And so when you can get past failure and you can find a way through it, then on the other side is these infinite possibilities that you never realized were possible for your life. And when you're able to step back into that and then you're able to look back, you're like, man, I'm so glad that I did not let that fear stop me because I realized I would have missed out on so much. I couldn't agree more. You've said it in a very like great, succinct way. And, you know, and I was thinking of on the other side of failure or other side of fear of failure is like a sense of self-confidence that like just feels so empowering and you almost feel like you can do anything that you set your mind to um, and just, I guess, have whatever success or whatever success means to you. I remember again, going back to starting a group practice, my mom is a big worrywart and she's like, I don't know, like you have a stable job, like you're making a livable <laughs> wage. Like there's just like so much stability with what you're doing right now. Do you really want to put that all on the line? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. I want to put all of that on the line because I feel like I meant to do so much more. And I've not only impacted my clients' lives, but I feel like my clients are impacting me. And then the people in this community have impacted me too, like other therapists and other entrepreneurs. Like I look to therapists as being role models, but then there's also so many great thought leaders and entrepreneurs in the world. And they all just like keep inspiring me. And if you surround yourself by people who are not afraid to fail, you'll keep being inspired and you keep wanting to push forward and like be a part of a community that just, I think like, I don't know, motivates you to want Want to keep going. Want, yes. Yeah. Just want to keep going. Like you almost like get, I don't know, a buzz from being around those types of people. And those you are the people do. that I want <laughs> in my life. <laughs> well, and I say that it's kind of addicting. Like, so let's put a disclaimer right here. Like we're not saying that a, a confronting fear of failure is not super hard and super challenging and difficult because it is. And it can be very, 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 very scary. But at the same yeah. time, it could also be so invigorating to be able to get and realize that you can do the things that are on your heart to do. Like, and what's on your heart to do may not be on everybody's heart, but there, it's on your heart for a reason. And I think when you're able to step into that, it's amazing. And, and kind of going back, there will be people in your life that when you're starting to confront fears or you're starting to do things that are a little bit outside the box that may not understand your vision or your dream or the thing that you're trying to do. But you just have to remind yourself that their limiting beliefs, even though they're very well intending, right? Like that mm -hmm. doesn't have to be the thing that stops you. So you have to figure out what is feeding the fear and be able to notice it. So that way you can say, not today, fear, not today. We're going to do it afraid. We're going to make it through. Like I can't listen to that today and keep pushing forward because what happens is, like probably what you did, okay? Like you started your practice and your mom had those doubts, but I bet you when you actually, she saw you actually make this happen and step into it, how it actually probably inspired her to confront some of the things that maybe she didn't have a belief around, right? And so I think oh, you pushing sure. past your fear 
then empowers other people to confront the things that they fear as well. And it's just a domino effect that really can impact tons of individuals along the journey from you just taking the, the step to be brave and to do things afraid. Like I may be afraid, but I'm going to do this anyways. And then that gives people permission to then look at what's holding them back and it, it inspires them to move forward as well. Oh, I totally agree. I feel like you got like hit it on the nose, Christy. Like I feel like my mom and other people in my life, like they see that I, you know, took steps and they're like, oh, wow, like I can do that too. Like if Stephanie can do it, there's nothing stopping me from doing it. And you don't have to be like, you know, super book smart or super anything. You just have to be yourself and you just have to recognize that you have like an inner power or an inner strength that no one else has besides you and that you're uniquely qualified to be the best version of yourself. And you can cut that like weight down or you can cut the string that's holding you down um, with that heavy weight like Christy um, you know, gave the analogy of earlier. And, and I'm not saying that like my overcoming a fear of failure or other people's coming over fear of failure is like super easy either. There's a lot of anxiety that comes, mm -hmm. I think even to this day with new things that I try and new ventures that I take. Um, but I just kind of put that in like in the back of my mind or even take it out of my mind and put it on a shelf and just be like, I see you and I know you're there and I know you're trying to keep me safe and I know you're trying to tell me to like take it slow, and I'm going to take a step forward mm -hmm. and I'm going to have you on that shelf and not right in front of me because I know that I can do this even if the fear is still there. So yeah. I think, again, going back to that dialectical way of thinking, both can exist, like pushing forward and being anxious about pushing forward. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. I mean, they both coexist and part of it is just Sometimes we have to talk to ourselves more than we listen to ourselves. So we might have this thing on the shelf that's talking to us, this anxiety that's saying, you know, that makes you second guess yourself. That makes you say, is this really something you should be doing? That makes you feel really fearful. But you almost kind of have to talk back to it and say, like, you know, I see you kind of like you said, I see you sitting there. But I'm making a choice for me to go forward because I, I can I can do this. And you might have to talk to yourself like multiple times a day. I don't know if you have to do this, but I do sometimes like yes. <laughs> this is super scary, but it's OK. It'll be OK. Like you're going to be OK. Like you just keep on talking to yourself and eventually, you know, you can you can kind of help. It doesn't mean that you're you're not feeling those feelings, but you're able to at least kind of inch forward. And it may be an inch, but that's better than nothing. Right. And so I have this little um, quote on my desktop that says it's. It has a little turtle trying to get to the ocean, right? <laughs> and, mm -hmm. it, and it's it is the quote by Confucius, and it says, "It doesn't matter how slow you go, as long as you do not stop." And I think that just always helps me remind myself, like this this thing that is super anxiety ridden, and and like you said, it comes in waves. Like there are times where I'm I have periods of anxiety that I'm like really get knocked off. But I, but I have to just recenter myself and remember that I'm inching forward. I'm going to the ocean. I'll eventually get in the water. I just can't stop, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I hope today's podcast really inspired people to look at their fear of failure and see that it can be something that 
you know, you work through and it doesn't need to dominate your life or dominate, you know, the choices that you make. Um, Christy, do you have any final words for our listeners? Yeah, I, I think pretty much we've talked about a lot of things, but I would just encourage you that when you feel that fear creep in, just acknowledge it, see it, name it for what it is, but make sure you just confront it and not let it stop you because you were meant to do amazing things. I think we're all dropped here on this planet for a reason. <laughs> and so um, finding ways to not let the fear of failure keep you from the things that you were meant to do. Um, we all have to find our way through it, but but make sure that you take it on and, and move forward because you'll love you'll love what you find on the other side. Yeah, I again, I couldn't agree more, Christy. Thank you so much for being on today and I hope to have you all back next time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was it was I really love talking about this today.